of my father, I was as determined as Frank to keep it. When I hurried in, Frank took that broom under his arm and strummed me a song, a sorry frown on his face when he pretended the broom had snapped a string. I grinned, dropping a penny at his feet. This was my husband, a string of a man himself, with a good bit of humor in him. He was fair-skinned with black hair and long limbs, his eyes fainter than any blue I'd ever seen. If anything, I knew him to be kind and hard-working, and that was enough. Behind a curtain of chintz was the bed he'd made. The sheets were white and damp with the weather, and in the night they provided little warmth. Outside, the animals in the barn were still. I could smell them through the window. But inside, this was what marriage was. I'd left those ten square miles and moved to the next county over, a place that looked and smelled the same as my father's land. The difference was my part in this place. I was a wife, and not until that night did I know what the word meant. It was still dark the next morning when I carried water back from the well, wearing the whitest skirts I owned. I filled a large basin in the smokehouse, dunked the bed sheets in, The water in the basin reddened. The stain on the sheets loosened and spread. It was the same that had stained me in the early morning and sent Frank hurrying away to milk. My mother had told me if a husband was easy, if he was a good man, the first night wouldn't be trouble. Maybe it will be better, she'd said. But she hadn't said a word about this. In the smokehouse, my hands puckered from the long time I scrubbed. The sheets turned a muddy pink, my chest and arms wet. The light of my kerosene lamp fell against the skin of hogs hung to smoke, a gift to us, their torsos stripped and twisting slow on the hooks caught in their spines. Outside, I kicked the basin over, let the bloody water sink into the dirt. There were fewer trees around the house then. They did not make much noise in the wind. Gnats and midges circled my feet, a knocking in my chest. A good man, I thought. But Frank was nearly a stranger to me, as I was to him. Beyond that stain, a mist crept over the fields. The land seemed barren in the early morning, not another living creature. In only two months was the harvest, and we would be planting late. We wouldn't have much to keep us through winter. The night before had given me a full-up feeling, a kind of lightness and pain. But with the smell of meat from the smokehouse and the dark, wetted dirt, that feeling turned into misgiving. When finally I'd gathered myself, I pinned those sheets to the line where they whipped together, and I left them for the sun. In the kitchen, I fixed a pot of oats, and filled a pan with milk, the milk trembling around my spoon as I stirred. At the door of my parents' house, my mother had waited only days before with a jar of jam under her arm, raising her chin to see us go off. With my father gone, she rented out the land and kept the house to herself, an arrangement that would agree with her for many years more. She was a small woman, my mother. Her skirts she hemmed nearly twice as high as my own, and still they grew ragged from the ground. 
but she had a steadiness to her and a strength that made her larger in that doorway than most men. My mother wouldn't speak of her worries about me. She wasn't the kind. Still, that jar of rhubarb jam seemed as red as her cheeks just then. And the sky, she said, it didn't look right. When I took it from her, the jar was warm, but as I held it close to me in the wagon, it cooled. I had my bedclothes and pillows with me. I had a trunk full of notions, but with that jam, I knew I could carry my mother for only a short while. Now opening the jar again, my eyes teared as I brushed my thumb through. The jam tasted grainy and thick. When I let it hang on the tip of my thumb and tasted it again, it soothed the cracks of my skin and filled my mouth with sweetness. Outside.